0: Thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Thinkening. You could be anywhere, listening to anything, watching any video, but you are here with me listening to The Thinking. And I always want you, the viewers and listeners, to know that I greatly appreciate this. We are in what I call the full on fear factory. When I go to work and I overhear conversations about the coronavirus, when I hear how people talk about it, when I hear what people think, when I hear people's concerns, people's fears, what I realize is rationale is all but gone. people have given over their rationale to the mainstream. I would say puppeteer media is what I would like to refer to it as, because what you have is you have a group of people who are behind the scenes pulling the strings of information that is influencing the actions of the people who listen they are information puppeteers and i've listened to the mainstream media for the past nine months sell fear despair and dread nonstop, nonstop. non-stop <clears throat> the coronavirus is not a fake virus we don't really truly know the origins we don't know if it was created in a lab We don't know if it was done on purpose. We don't know if it was a biological weapon. We don't know these things. Those things are all possible. No one has definitive, 100% um, non-disputable proof. But that doesn't mean those things are not possibilities. And to rule those things out is naive. You have to remember the, the planet that we live on. Countries, although not in... Physical conflict. Countries are definitely in conflict. Superpowers are definitely warring. Even though shots aren't necessarily being fired, war is no doubt going on. War of information. War of ideas. These things are happening. When this pandemic first started... One of the first things I did, as I always do, is I started looking for information. And the reason I started looking for information is mainly because I don't really I don't have this blind faith and trust in the media that most people have. I'm going to show you one way the media pushes and forces propaganda that people don't pay attention to. They don't realize that this propaganda is going on. And they don't understand that they're being you're almost being herded into a a certain line of thinking, just like sheep, hence the hence the term that has been coined by many sheeple. The word pandemic. If I were to ask you what that means, most people truly don't know the definition. The word pandemic is incident to a whole people epidemic as a pandemic disease so what is epidemic let's look because when you when you see all these words it's always a good idea to look all of them up let's get a let's get a good idea of what we're talking about here as soon as i can my dictionary app is going crazy So this is the this is this is the I'd I'd say the only downfall of using electronics over using a physical medium, because sometimes these electronics go crazy. Okay, so epidemic is generally prevailing, affecting great numbers as epidemic rage and epidemic evil. So pretty much what what pandemic means is this, is this is something that affects the whole. It's not just one group. This affects everybody. Now, notice what has been done in the media. The word pandemic has been associated, not even loosely, 100% associated with mass death. When people hear pandemic, they think mass death. Do you realize if there was a bad cold that was going around and that cold spread throughout the whole planet. Nobody was dying, but it was pretty severe. That's a pandemic. It affects everyone. It doesn't necessarily mean death. But they say pandemic, you automatically think death, and what comes after that is fear. This is exactly what they want. They want mass fear. Now, when I say they... I don't know the the purpose and the reasoning exactly behind why mass fear is being pushed. But let's just let's let's think about some things that we know about fear. People who are afraid don't think rationally. People who are afraid are more willing to give. That's why torture is often used when information is required from people because you torture them. They're not only in fear for their life. They're in fear that they will be tortured to death. Who, who do you think wants to be tortured to death? I know I don't. I don't think anybody would want to be tortured to death. You, If you thought you were going to be tortured to the point of maximum pain right before and up to the point of death, you would give up any information that a person wanted to, to alleviate that pain. And the fear. Fear is a very useful tactic. This is, this is why psychological warfare is a thing. There's, there's different things you can use and play on people's emotions to yield certain results. And I'm not saying that I know with 100% assurance that there is some foreign actor or some threat within enemy within actor that purposely use this and spread this fear to get people to do a certain thing. I don't know that. I can say that there is some circumstantial evidence that leads that way, but I don't know that with 100% assurance. And I try not to do that. This 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 podcast is about my opinions. <clears throat> Does not mean my opinions are right. And I let you know right out the gate, these are my opinions. My opinions are based on the evidence I have at hand, sometimes circumstantial. So I I try my best not to sell you something as 100% true if it's just my opinion. It's just my opinion. It may or may not be true. But the fear factory and the fear that has been constantly in the news, you see death tickers where they're showing you, How many people have died as a result of coronavirus? And there's things about that death count that nobody's paying attention to. So I want to talk about at least one of these things. When all of this first started, when the White House was doing daily coronavirus briefings, Dr. Burks said something. She was part of the coronavirus task force, and she said something that bothered me. And it realistically, it should have bothered everyone. She said, out her own mouth on public television, streamed across the internet for everybody to see. She said the coronavirus deaths that we report, where she—I can't remember her exact words. I'd have to find the, find the the video. But she said, we are, we are liberal in how we count coronavirus deaths. You know what that means to me? That means if a person goes in that has heart trouble, severe heart trouble, and they had, they contracted coronavirus and they passed away, unfortunately, that would be classified as a COVID-19 death. The reason this is problematic is this tells me that, The numbers that you see when it comes to coronavirus deaths, although all of these people may have had coronavirus, the numbers don't tell the true story. The true story is if you have a comorbidity, you have some underlying condition that is very serious then your immune system is already compromised. Most people who have compromised immune systems, even during regular, normal, cold and flu season, they are very, very cautious. Most people who have had severe illnesses and autoimmune disease for years, they already wear masks and gloves and are already cautious during cold and flu season. This is not a new thing. So my problem and my issue is we've been treating this coronavirus differently as though it affects people differently. Now it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that if you don't have a comorbidity you can't die from this thing. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is your surviv- survivability is very high if you're in that category. You don't have a comorbidity. You're relatively healthy. You take care of yourself not saying that that's a, a that's a 100% assurance but this virus from what I understand I might have the number slightly off but from what I understand it has a 99.75 survival rate or something like that when on the planet earth has it ever been a smart or wise idea to lock the whole planet down for a virus that has a ninety-nine point anything survivability rate. You didn't see people going this crazy during the Ebola virus scare. Now, from what I understand, Ebola virus isn't as easily, um, it, it isn't as transmissible as the coronavirus. So I understand that, but nonetheless, Ebola is way more deadly, way more. And when there was the Ebola virus scare. And it was a scare that was worldwide. You didn't see any of this. I don't understand any of that. None of that to me makes sense. I can't make that make sense. I can stick my head in the sand and act like I don't see what I see. But I always say, once you see something, you can't just unsee it. I can't just unknow something. I mean, I guess I could contract early Alzheimer's and forget things. But I can't literally know something happened and just at the drop of a dime unknow that. Why is the fear porn pushed so much? Like I said, when I hear people talk, when I hear how they talk at work, when I hear out and about just overhearing conversations, I think to myself, the media has really done a great job of convincing the entire United States that, the, that we should be locked down, that the government should be able to tell us where to go, what to do, whether we can work or not, make money to feed our families, open our business. That's absurd. If somebody would have just came out outright and said that, 11, 12 months ago, I think most people would have said, nah, bro, you bugging. That's not happening here. But somewhere along the line, people realize they can make use of fear. Now, maybe when this all first started, it was simple. We didn't know what to expect. We saw the videos coming out of China. So we wanted to take precautions. Two Two weeks to slow the spread. That was almost nine months ago. 10 months ago, something like that. Here we still are. Here we still are playing these silly games. And they're talking about the virus making or coming back or an uptick. So they're going to do the same thing over again. If it didn't work the first time, it's not going to work the second time. Clearly, this is not something we can control. That is something that in my own life, I've had to learn there are certain things you just can not control. And us humans, we have this we have this idea in our head that we can control everything. We can do something about it. What are some things you just can't control? There's nothing you can do about it. It is what it is. It's gonna be what it's gonna be. <clears throat> then we have this vaccine. So here's my problem with the vaccine. I am not anti-vax. I know some people who listen to me are anti-vaccine. I understand that. I get it. I understand your position. I am not anti-vaccine. I am, however, anti-forced vaccine. I don't even like the fact that kids that go to public school are forced to get vaccines in order to go. In my opinion, that's tyranny. And I will explain to you why I think that there are, there was a time in this country when you could sustain off one person working nowadays. I'm not going to say you can't, you can still, you can live within your means and do that. I'm not going to say it's simple. I know people who do it and live comfortable, so it can be done. Some, some people for whatever reason, they're in a position that, They cannot sustain their household with just one person working. So the two options are public school or private school. Now, if two people have to work, then clearly they can't afford private school. So public school it is. And what do public schools say? If you want your kids in here, they will be vaccinated. Now you could say, well, I'm just going to opt out of that option. The government is so involved in public education that to me, public education is, is really bordering upon the realm of tyranny. You have uh truancy officers. I've heard stories. I have not seen this myself, <clears throat> but I've heard stories of parents being threatened by legal action. If their kids are not in school or if they miss so many days. First of all, who gave the government the right to tell you what to do with your child? That's very interesting. I could understand protecting children against things like abuse. I definitely understand that. But when it comes to how you raise your kid, how you teach your kid, how you train your kid, the government should have no say in that. That to me, that is insanely absurd but just like we have happened now over time we give up rights we don't say anything we don't fight certain issues because we think ah, it's not a big deal we see these coronavirus locks lockdowns the mask mandates and we think ah, it's not a big deal just put on a mask it, who cares well the thing is once you give power to a government entity it is very seldom you get that you get that that right back i.e the patriot act outside of something catastrophic do you think that they will ever do away with the patriot act if you think they will you are sadly mistaken you are very naive it is not going away it is only gonna get stronger That's what happens when you feed the beast. The founders wanted a limited government, but for whatever reason, we cry, kick, and scream until we got complete government control. Because for whatever reason, there's many people who always believe government is the answer. I'm not anti-government, but I'm also not in support of bloated government. When you have too much government involvement, eventually you have tyranny. You can look no further than the the governor of New York, Cuomo. You can look no further than California, Gavin Newsom. These two guys, for, so for me, Gavin Newsom is more of a... He comes across just as a guy that doesn't know necessarily what he's doing in this situation. And he's just stabbing at the air. That's what he strikes me as. Cuomo, on the other hand, in my opinion, is super dangerous. He he strikes me as a guy that got that this this coronavirus pandemic and the response has given him power that he is now. Drunk with, and he does not want to relinquish. What is this saying? Absolute power corrupts absolutely. I think, in a lot of ways, we are seeing that play out now in this time during this pandemic. This vaccine again, I'm not anti vax. We have a vaccine that was rushed out w- within you know under a year under a year under a year let that sink in most vaccines take years and much research and many trials i feel like we are going to become test subjects to this vaccine and that's what i have a problem with i've made some determinations to myself i am no i am no revolutionary And I don't want, I don't want to come across that way. I don't want to give you that impression, but I have decided and determined if my employer comes to me and tells me that I'm required to get this vaccine to stay on a job, I probably will be out of a job. That's not because again, let me stress. This is not because I'm anti-vaccine. I don't trust the speed at which this vaccine was produced there's not enough research we don't know enough about it from what i hear this was an experimental method even of creating a vaccine that doesn't give me a warm feeling i had a traveling job for years i was also in the military in both situations i was required to get vaccines The military because they require it and the traveling job because there were certain places i went to that required vaccines of my own free will i took that job understanding i was gonna have to get these vaccines the vaccines that i received were vaccines that yes there were some side effects but again let me reiterate and stress this was of my own free will i took this job and these were vaccines that at least, at a minimum, had years of study and research that I could look into and at least know whether this was a risk I was willing to take or not. With this coronavirus vaccine, we don't truly know the risk. How is it, how is it that, that, that a group of people can tell you what risk you should take? uh, Some of those people can argue there's a risk in not taking a coronavirus vaccine. Okay, let me run with you there. There's also a risk in taking an experimental vaccine that we don't have enough research, trials, and studies to really know what is going to be the adverse effects long term. That's that's not a risk I'm comfortable taking. There's certain risks I am comfortable taking. That's not one I am comfortable taking. No government or entity should have the right to tell you what you can and can't put into your own body. Now, I know some people, knowing I'm a believer, what you're going to say right there is, well, what about drugs? What about drugs? I'm going to tell you what I feel about drugs. This is probably one of the few areas where I agree with libertarians. I don't like drugs. I think they're harmful. But if this is something a person wants to put in their body, who who am i to tell them what to do with their body that's something they have to stand before god with right i am not their lord i am not their god i don't like this rushed vaccine i don't like the fact that we don't really know much about it and now i know there's some people out there some of my trumpites now when i say trumpite that's not a slight Let me, let me explain myself. I think Donald Trump did a great job as president. I think he should have been reelected by a landslide, YouTube technocrat overlords. I am not claiming Trump won. I am not claiming that some kind of fraud prevented him or stole it from him. I am saying he should have won by a landslide based on the job he did as president. Now you say something like that and there's some Trump haters out there whose heads pop. You can have a guy that says all the right things, very presidential, very uh, sophisticated, and sells your country out. Or you can have a guy that is not the, the most political guy on the planet, but he loves his country. And he has his the country the people of the country's interest in mind. I don't really care about how a person speaks at that point. I'm looking at what he does, and in my opinion, Trump did a good job. There's things he did that I like, but this is one of those areas where. I cannot rock with Trump on the speed in which this vaccine was produced. Now, understand the predicament he was in. He was between a rock and a hard place. And I understand it. They're telling him we're not going to be able to open the country back up. In his mind, he's like, wait, what are you talking about? Our economy is booming. We can't destroy this. So he removed some red tape for them to move forward with producing his vaccine. I think one of one of Trump's blind spots He knew how corrupt Washington was. He knew that. But I I don't think he understood the depths at which his enemies were all around him. And they were all around him. They were entrenched in every government organization. Unelected officials who've been appointed to positions, who've been in these positions for years, who are entrenched. They got their tentacles everywhere. You can fire them. That doesn't remove their influence. And I think that was one of his blind spots. And you can see by some of the people he hired, some of the people he put in different positions. I look, I ain't mad at the guy. He's not a politician. He's not a Washington insider. And I think that was his blind spot. And I think there's people who worked to manipulate his desire to see the country survive and thrive. And that's unfortunate. Time will tell, but the fear factory that we have pushed and the decisions it's causing people to make is horrendous. People are so afraid of the coronavirus. Let me reiterate, a virus with a, let's just say 99.75. I don't know the exact number, but I know it's 99 point something survival rate. People are willing to throw away All of their freedoms are willing to give away just any, any freedom for some false sense of safety from this virus. Mask. From what I understand, from the reading I've done, there's certain masks that work in preventing um, particles as small as a virus from being inhaled. Those are N95 masks. You don't see people wearing N95 masks. Like I said, my job, they require masks. I had an N95 mask. It was very hard to breathe. I was lightheaded. Started to get headaches after work, and I believe it's from lack of oxygen. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to be able to do this. I got me a net gator. Here's the, the rules and... The things that are accepted surrounding this coronavirus, it makes no sense. And it shows me that all of this is a farce. I got a neck gaiter. There are people who if I pull that neck gaiter down, they'll be terrified. I pull it over my nose and all of a sudden it's like they're safe. I am breathing. I can feel my breath through the neck gaiter. You know what that means? If I had coronavirus, I'm spreading it. And if somebody else had it, I'm inhaling it. No protection. It's a placebo and it makes people feel good. This is something that Dr. Fauci said himself earlier this year. But because of fear, because of fear, somebody will see that neck gaiter over me and go, thank goodness he has on this neck gaiter. That will allow all the coronavirus that's in him out and all the coronavirus everywhere else in, but thank goodness he has this mask on because it makes me feel so safe. Fear is causing people to make irrational decisions. Is that the point? I don't know. I don't have any evidence of that, but I know none of this makes sense. And I hope we get a hold on this. I hope we get a hold on this and come out of this fear factory because the fear that's being pushed and the things that are happening behind this fear to me is nonsensical. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.